بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على النبي الأمي برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم Once again, Allah gives us tawfiq and Allah gives us the opportunity to learn and study the beautiful lives of the best of Allah's creation after the Anbiya alayhim salatu wassalam whom are none other than the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum. Abbad bin Bishr radiyallahu anhum, so he was a brother of Abu Hudayfa bin Utbah radiyallahu anhum. They both were very very close and they did so much together. They served Allah's deen together. They strove in the path of Allah ta'ala together. Abbad was very hospitable. When the Muhajirin used to come to Medina Manawara, he also offered his house for the Muhajirin to stay. Who stayed by his house? Utbah bin Ghazwan. So Allah give us tawfiq that we should also, like Sahaba, give our houses. Let pious people stay. Let Allah Ta'ala's friends stay. And from our house, food should come for pious people to eat. You know, the servants of Allah Ta'ala feeding. Muslims, feeding new Muslims, feeding Allah Ta'ala's servants, feeding people for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure, then Allah will bless our homes more and more. Another amazing trait of Abad ibn Bishr was his bravery. Allahu Akbar. He was brave and he was one who strove in Allah Ta'ala's path. He participated in every expedition. From Badr, Uhud, Khandaq, Hudaybiyah, Hunayn, Tabuk, and every expedition with Rasulullah Sallallahu And he stood out in every one. In every one of this, with Rasulullah sallallahu by the side of Rasulullah sallallahu portraying such bravery and courage was Abbad radiallahu anhu. To such an extent how brave he was, even Umar radiallahu anhu attested to that. It was during the expedition of Banul Mustaliq, Banul Mustaliq, where Abdullah bin Ubay, who wouldn't join the Sahaba generally, because at that time it was just the Munafiq who would stay at home. Every Sahabi used to participate. It was the temperament of Sahaba to strive in Allah Ta'ala's path. And their women folk would also encourage them, go for Allah's sake, move in Allah's way, strive in Allah's path. Sadly today, for business we're ready to travel, for work, for recreation, that we're ready to go. Okay, shukar, we also go visit family. That's also very important. But for Allah's sake, in Allah's path, to talk about Allah's deen, to invite to the deen of Allah, to invite to the greatness of Allah, that we're not prepared to do. Allah Ta'ala, give us tawfiq to do that also. So Abdullah bin Ubay would not come out because he was a munafiq and he was known for that. But on this expedition, Banul Mustaliq, he did come out with the Muslims and his purpose this time was, every time he stays behind hoping that the Muslims lose. But when the Muslims return victorious, he would burn and get very, very irritated and upset at that. So this time he realized the only way, and also when, when Muslims were attacked by different enemies, Abdullah bin Ubay gave the secrets away and actually was uh, played a hand in them coming to attack the Muslims. Abdullah bin Ubay actually was uh, part and parcel of that. On this expedition he said, I'm going to join them to cause discord between them whilst I'm amongst them. This was his sinister plan this time. So during this expedition, Alhamdulillah, Allah's Fadl, Juwayriya radiallahu anha became the beautiful, became the consort, became the great wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Ummul Mu'mineen radiallahu anha. And through her embracing Islam and becoming Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's blessed wife, more than hundred of her family and her people embraced Islam because of the akhlaq Sahaba radiallahu anhum showed to the captives. So a lot of a lot of achievements happened on this occasion and there was a lot of wisdom in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wedding Juwayriya radiyallahu ta'ala anha. 
But what also happened was Abdullah bin Ubay was taking every opportunity to cause fitna. Like one occasion when there was an argument between someone from the Muhajireen and, and another from the Ansar, Abdullah bin Ubay started spreading fitna. And he said, see what these Muhajireen do. Because he originally came from Medina. See what these Muhajireen do. And then he said, yeah, you fatten your dog and the same dog will eat you tomorrow. So this was a statement he was spreading, Abdullah bin Ubay. And then he said, when we get back to Medina, the most honored will kick out the most disgraced in Medina, from Medina. And Allah mentioned this to Rasulullah in the form of Quran. Allah Ta'ala says, يَقُولُونَ لَإِنْ رَجَعْنَا إِلَى الْمَدِينَةِ لَيُخْرِجَنَّ الْأَعَزُّ مِنْهَا الْأَذَلْ وَلِلَّهِ الْعِزَّةِ وَلِرَسُولِهِ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَلَكِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Allah quotes, he says that the most honored will kick out the one who is disgraced. Allah says, Izzah belongs to Allah, وَلِلَّهِ الْعِزَّةِ وَلِرَسُولِهِ And to Allah, and to His Rasul and to the believers is Izzah. And Allah Ta'ala turned his own, his own son against him. Abdullah bin Ubay's own son turned against him. And his son was a great Sahabi, a great Sahabi. Abdullah bin Abdullah bin Ubay. Uh, now his son's name was Hubab. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu changed his son's name to Abdullah. His own son disgraced his father because his father was harming Rasulullah sallallahu to such an extent and he was, and he was trying to cause discord amongst the Sahaba So what Rasulullah sallallahu did was he encouraged Sahaba to move faster in Allah's path and move more in Allah's path. Mawlana Muhammad Yusuf Kandahalabi in his Hayatul Sahaba brings this chapter under a topic that when there's fitna, move more for Allah, strive more for Allah, Allah will eradicate the fitna. Beautifully he proves that 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 system of Allah with this incident. Then what else Abdullah bin Ubay did was, he spread false rumors against the blessed consort, the blessed wife of Rasulullah Ummul Mu'minin Aisha radiallahu anha, spreading fitna between Aisha radiallahu anha and Safwan ibn al-Mu'attal radiallahu anhu. And this hurt Rasulullah very much. And Abdullah bin Ubay was spreading this fitna very, very greatly. To such an extent, Umar anhu said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Allah, my opinion, Mur Abbad ibn Bishrin, send Abbad bin Bishr, he's the man, he'll finish off this fitna, he'll finish off Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul. So my point is, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was, was told to send Abbad bin Bishr because he was a man ready for the taqaza presented by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And many occasions, on many occasions, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would appoint him on important tasks like in the battle of Tabuk, in the Hayatul Sahaba, there's a hadith of Jabir bin Abdullah radiallahu anhu. And Jabir radiallahu anhu reports this hadith, wherein he says, and this comes under the chapter, performing salah whilst out in the path of Allah Ta'ala. Meaning Sahaba would increase in salah in the path of Allah Ta'ala. So we always perform salah, but in Allah's path we should increase. In this hadith he says, we were out in Allah's, with, with, the, with the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in an expedition called Dhatul Riqa'ah. And we passed an area called Nakhl. Nakhl means date palm tree, but here it, it, it's the name of an area. And then there was some incident that happened there, and the Muslims continued, فَجَعَلَ يَتْبَعُ أَثَرَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ There was one man who was looking for the Sahaba, and looking for Rasulullah Nabi and Sahaba camped in a certain valley. And then Allah's Nabi made tashkil of Sahaba. مَنْ رَجُلٌ يَكْلَأُنَا لَيْلَتَنَا Who would guard this night? يَكْلَأُنَا Who would guard this night? So one Muhajiri got ready, one Ansari got ready. And who were the two? The Ansari was none other than Abbad bin Bishr radiallahu anhu. 
and the muhajiri was ammar ibn yasir radiyallahu anhu so allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam guided them on how to guard in the path of allah and said where you should, where should you all keep guard where should you all watch and so forth now they both are sitting and they making mashura that instead of both of both of us sitting the entire night up let's half the night one of us guard the first half and the other the second half so the ansari was ready for the first half the muhajiri was ready for the second half so now as abbad bin bishr radiyallahu is guarding and he's patrolling he saw everything is safe and then he said to himself the such peaceful moments i'm alone let me remember allah and let me perform salah and he starts and he says allahu akbar and he starts his salah he starts his salah and as he's performing salah he's reciting he's talking to allah he's enjoying his salah allah give us tawfiq salah is to be enjoyed salah is to communicate with allah one is in communion with allah Allahu Akbar, he raises his hands, the mu'min raises his hands, the palm should face qibla, parallel to the ear and the shoulder, and then tie the hands, complete submission. Sare makhluq se kat Sirf Allah hi se jurjaye, A person should break ties with all makhluq, and communicate and connect with one Allah alone. Every part of creation is behind one's back. Now one has to talk to Allah. This was how Sahaba anhum performed Salah. Like the great scholar Ibn Al-Qayyim says so beautifully, a banda has two standings before his Allah. Lil'abadi, bayna yaday rahmani mawqifan, two standings before his Allah. One is in Salah, the other is in Qiyamah, the standing on the Day of Judgment. The one who strives in fulfilling the haqq of the first, Allah will make the second one easy. And the one who neglects the first, the second will become difficult and will be hard for him. Allah make it easy for us. Allah give us perfect to emulate Sahaba anhum as he is in his salah. He re- what surah he was reading? He was reciting Surah Al-Kahf. Allah give us perfect, it is Friday. Recite Surah Al-Kahf. There's so much of virtues to reciting Surah Al-Kahf. There's so much of value. There's so much of thawab in reciting Surah Al-Kahf. In the hadith of Abu Darda anhu and Nawas ibn Sam'an anhu in the riot of Muslim, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, the one who recites, the one who preserves, memorizes, memorizes, preserves 10 ayat from the beginning of Al-Kahf. In another report, 10 ayat from the end of Al-Kahf. He will be protected from Dajjal. In the hadith of Abu Sa'id Khudri radiallahu anhu, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, man qara'a surat Al-Kahf fi yawmil jumu'ah. The one who recites surat Al-Kahf on the day of Jumu'ah, Allah will give him nur from that Jumu'ah right till the next Jumu'ah. And many reports like this. Allah will give him nur the entire week. In another report, Allah Ta'ala, in the, in, in the, this is the statement of Abu Sa'id Khudri radiallahu anhu. He says, the one who recites Surah Al-Kahf on the day of Jumu'ah, Allah will give him nur from where he is right till Kaaba Sharif. وَبَيْنَ الْبَيْتِ الْعَتِيقِ So there's so many reports. Abdullah bin Mughaffal radiallahu anhu narrates, Al-Baytu al-Ladhi tuqra'u fihi Surah Al-Kahf la yadkhuluhu shaytanun tilka al-layla. That home in which Surah Al-Kahf is recited at night, shaytan can never enter that home that night. And Allama Alusi Baghdadi rahimahullah mentions in his tafsir that it is sunnah to read this on the day of Jumu'ah and the night before Jumu'ah. And then he says, Yandubu takraru qira'atiha. And actually it is encouraged to read it repeatedly. Meaning you don't have to read it once. 
You read it more times, you'll get more nur. Maybe you read it Thursday night and Allah gives you tawfiq. And Friday you have more time. You went early for Jumu'ah, Allah gave us tawfiq. Or before Jumu'ah you have time, you completed your cooking. And Allah, you got time, read it again and read it again. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. So reciting Surah Al-Kahf. So Abbad radiallahu anhu was in the surah of the Qur'an al-Kareem. Whilst performing his salah and reciting the surah of the Qur'an al-Kareem. He was shot. Imagine the Sahabi is shot. The arrow is inside him. He pulls out the arrow and he continues his salah. He doesn't want to break the salah. He's enjoying the Qur'an too much. And then he shot the second time. He tries to pull out the arrow. Then he shot the third time. And then he realizes, I'm on a task. If I'm going to fall short here, the danger will reach Rasulullah and my other companions. He goes into ruku'. He comes out from there, goes into sajda, completes and wakes up his companion. He says, get up, get up. Ijlis, faqad uthbit to I've been shot. The other sahabi, Ammar gets up. And now this man shooting them sees that there are two of them. And he realizes more are going to come. And then he runs away. Now the Muhajiri Ammar sees how badly was Abbad injured. Blood is seeping from so many holes from his body. He says, Subhanallah, why didn't you awaken me the first time? You were shot. You waited to be shot so many times. He says, I was reading Quran. I was reading the surah. It was so beautiful. فَلَمْ أُحِبَّ أَنْ أَقْطَعَهَا حَتَّى أُنْفِذَهَا I didn't want to stop the surah until I complete the surah. My intention was to inform you when I complete the surah. But he shot me again and again. And I realized, I had to inform you. He says, by Allah, if it wasn't for my fear of falling short in regards to a task, falling short in a task, in a work that Rasulullah appointed me upon. If it wasn't for that, I would have rather died and ended my life than to end, this, end the surah. But because it was this task that I was appointed to fulfill, was why I had to complete my salah quicker and end of, end of where I had reached in the surah and awaken you. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Kuntu usalli bi suratin al-kahf. In the other hadith, I was performing salah and I was reading Surah Al-Kahf. فَلَمْ أُحِبَّ أَنْ أَقْطَعَهَا Allah give us tawfiq to find such sweetness, such love of Allah Ta'ala, such ecstasy and enjoyment when performing salah and when making tilawat of the Qur'an Kareem. Allah give us tawfiq.